0: To record. <laughs>
1: Thank you. <laughs> I am really notorious at that, aren't I? Um, so lecture sixth, shifting gears, um, bringing up so we're on six. Uh huh. Yep. We have lecture sixth tonight, and lecture seventh next week. Finishing up. It's been a fun ride, hasn't it? All right. So lecture sixth. Um, is interesting as we are now um, having treated in the previous lectures, ideas, characteristics, perfections, attributes of God. We next proceed to treat of the knowledge which persons must have that the course of life, which they pursue is according to the will of God in order that they may be enabled to exercise faith in him unto life and salvation. So what does that mean? What is the, um, the knowledge, how do we obtain that knowledge and how does lecture six help us in that pursuit to actually come to a knowledge that the course that we're pursuing is according to his will, because I mean, that's, that's a question for the ages, right? (laughs) How do we get there? What's the the plan? How do we incorporate these things in our life? Um, as we do dive in here, um, it's interesting, I, you know, because I'm all about nerdy words, right? Um, I use this tool to analyze um, the, the word counts on here and, you know, all of the, the fluff words, the, and, of, etc. The number one word occurs 30 times in this lecture is God. And the second is Will. Sometimes it refers to God's will, sometimes it refers to man's will, but uh, nevertheless, it is uh, a heavily repeated word throughout this lecture, and um, I just found that interesting, because um, we're talking about the law of sacrifice, I mean, that's what lecture six is, is titled, and it's talking about the knowledge that we need um, to actually exercise faith, that the course of life which we're pursuing is according to his will, and that that's um, the repeated thing here. But I've never put sacrifice and, and will necessarily together or in the same mix, but um, how interesting that was to kind of start off uh, my my study here in, in lecture six, kind of trying to tie those two together. But anyway, just kind of opening it up, like what did everybody learn? What uh, cool insights did you come away with um, having studied uh, lecture 6th and and its Doctrine. And if not, those that went to Group A know I've got a lot. Right? <laughs> Let's see. Just pulling it up here. <clears throat> I have so many tabs open, I can't even find things. Oh, there it is. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Um, So I went through lecture six, just highlighting the the will of God. Um, And it occurs nine times in that specific phrase, um, specifically God's will, as uh, otherwise noted as as man's will kind of a thing. Um, But I found it interesting, kind of from our study last week, that um, the word will here is being defined in the dictionary as a faculty of the mind. And we learned all about the mind last week in lecture fifth, right? Um, The same mind with the father, which mind is the Holy Spirit. Um, We see in this parallelism here, the mind is equal to the spirit is equal to the knowledge. And then coming down and applying that into lecture sixth, um, we have knowledge and the the will of god or the mind of god uh it just kind of interesting connections that uh I hadn't put together before and it's just interesting studying these lectures in order and um, how they really grow and um help explain each other like they need to be taken in order which i never before assumed or, or anything i just kind of eh, take lecture six and read it or um But anyway, having all of them and and kind of taking them in an order, I think is very important to understand word connections and and things.
2: So, a little farther down in two, mm -hmm. where it says, um, it was this that enabled the ancient saints to endure all of their afflictions and persecutions and to take joyfully the spoiling of their goods. Knowing, not nearly believing that they had more enduring substances. You know, I think that's, um, that. That's that is the key to enduring all sacrifice is mm-hmm. the fact that everything belongs to the Lord and he's allowing you to have it. And that there's nobody can take anything from you that he can't replace or he can't give you better. So, you know, if if somebody walks up to a little child and they steal their lollipop, the lolly, the child is not going to care if he knows he's got a pocket full of lollipops. You know, the, you go ahead. We'll take it. I'll get another one later. So he turns around, walks away and pulls out another lollipop. So he's not missing anything. And mm-hmm. I think it, it takes a lot of faith and understanding of the way the Lord works in order for us to truly understand that law of sacrifice now we call it a sacrifice because we're doing without or we're enduring to the end but i think if you really understand exactly where you stand with the lord and how the lord is using you to obtain certain uh activities then i think then the sacrifice like like it says right there they will joyfully um they will uh, endure all the afflictions and persecutions and take joyfully the spoiling of their goods uh I, ju- I mean everything from uh taking what you own to destroying what you own just so nobody can have it and then you know that could be saddening in 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 many different ways um so it's this is a very very important thing that the uh, That we establish that faith and that knowledge and trust in the Lord.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that like one of the biggest things that helped me understand that principle was like Isaiah's ladder and the concept of like descents and ascents, that they're all for our good, right? I mean, prior to that, like, yeah, but I don't think I really had it. it. It was just like, why do bad things happen to good people? I don't know. There's not really a great answer that I can give other than just have patience kind of a thing but like isaiah's framework really helps kind of understand that
2: and uh, one of the good examples of that was abraham you Mm -hmm. know he never worried about what he had or what he was going to lose because he knew the lord was always going to replace it so you know that that's kind of what we we all have to have if we all had that attitude and that understanding then we wouldn't covet our things we wouldn't covet our time we wouldn't cover our, our property like uh martin harris was told not to covet his thing mm-hmm. yeah yeah i love that well, <laughs> I, I
0: think a lot of it also you know if we look at the you know the the chinese proverb the good luck bad luck story hmm. do you know that one
3: I, I don't have okay it all
0: so time. so a, a a man has a a man has a son and um the son left the barn door open and their horse got out and, so, and ran away and all the neighbors said oh such bad luck such bad luck you know we're so sorry you know that's it's so terrible for you well the next day the horse returned and brought a half a dozen wild horses with it so now they had seven and and so now they have all these horses and oh what good luck what good luck isn't this great luck for you and so then the man's only son was out breaking one of these wild horses and fell and broke his leg oh what bad luck oh what terrible luck you maybe you shouldn't have had those horses you know you just all the different things and then, um, you know, so he has this broken leg and he can't do much, but then a Chinese warlord comes in and conscripts all of the able-bodied young men to go off to war. But because this young man has a broken leg, he stays home. So it was it good luck or bad luck that he left the barn door open and that the horse got out. Is it good luck or bad luck that he fell and he broke his leg? Right? You know... If we look at things in, in that longer perspective, something that may in the short term seem negative or bad or a trial or a, a difficult thing for us to endure may end up being one of the best blessings that we have. And and you know, so if we can internalize that, then we can joyfully take the spoiling of our goods because, okay, the Lord gave it to me once. He can give it to me again if I really need it. And if I don't need it, hey, then I don't have to worry about it,
2: right? Um, We were given the answer to that question, why do good things happen to bad people? Uh, By the Savior himself. He said uh, about the man born blind when they asked, well, who sinned? Was it his parents or was it him that he was born blind? And he said, neither one was born blind, were sinners. This was done to glorify the Father. So... As far as good things happening to bad people and bad things happening to good people, it's all happened to glorify the father. You just have to ask for clarification and to understand why.
3: Mm -hmm.
0: And give it time because the good thing may turn out to be a bad thing and the bad thing may turn out to be a good thing.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I love that. And just always not getting mired down in the moment having the long-term range and uh, like you said there like, but that's perfect uh, examples of <coughs> the
2: you know it, one okay. thing i forgot that we go down into into verse number three and it says they were enabled to take not only the spoiling of their goods and the wasting of their substance joyfully but also to suffer death in the most horrid forms, knowing, not merely believing that when the earthly house of their tabernacle was dissolved, they had a building of God, a house not made with hands, uh, but internal in the heavens. So that, um, that takes us to a whole nother level, which goes along with your book of martyrs on how they were able to uh, endure martyrdom yeah yeah
1: exactly like listening to to some of those stories um the the one that uh stood out to him the most well they asked the the guy okay so having read this who's the most um influential character or not character i mean person in this book and um it was lady jane gray so she's like 14, 15 years old when it happens and discussing this with the priest, like she has such conviction and knowledge that the course that she is living is according to his will. Like, cause I, was, I read lecture six already and um, kind of preparing or whatever. And then this video like comes and I was trying to apply that, that, that principle throughout it. Like, holy cow. This little 15-year-old had way more conviction than I've ever got, but how powerfully she acted within her role and timing in the scheme of things in order to to make a a huge sacrifice so that um, she could seal her testimony and uh, provide some benefit for future generations it's quite amazing. Um, like that, and that's just one of the stories. Like look at all the others, um, and I can only imagine what Joseph Smith is like, because uh, they said he probably had it in his possession for about a year. It was a loaner book, and um, had it for a year, prays over it, and receives uh, confirmation that all of these are um, are are well, that their their martyrdom was accepted, and they they are saved and how that helps him in his own path um, towards the same end. I I can only imagine, but yeah, very interesting. Um, This law of sacrifice that this is bringing out here.
0: Well, and it it repeats several times that knowing, not merely believing. How -hmm. many times is that knowing, not merely believing? It's in verse two, it's in verse three, it's in verse... Um, something. Yeah, you know, the knowledge that their course, um, knowledge of their being the favorites,
3: right? Mm-hmm. They know. They don't yeah. just believe it.
1: Yeah, that's one thing with my uh, analysis tool. It has to be the actual word right so like it separates out knowledge from the word no and counts them as separate things but like just searching well, real
2: close real close to the end of four it says um will is enable them to exercise that confidence in him necessary for them to overcome the world and obtain that crown of glory which is laid upon them that fear the god so that knowledge is what gives you the confidence to endure whatever it is. Look it in the face and say, Bring it on. Mm-hmm. You know, whatever you plan to do, I'm sure it's gonna hurt, but it's I'll I'll be made compensated for it well in the end.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And and the other thing was, you know, a lot of people think, well, nobody's gonna know of my sacrifice, nobody's gonna know of my my, uh, uh, my dedication. And, uh, and that's that right there is an emotional thing that makes things even worse. You know, when, when the adversary tells you that you're going to go through all this sacrifice and nobody's going to know a thing about it. So it's going to serve absolutely no purpose. You're not going to inspire anybody. You're not going to save anybody because I've made it possible for you never to know anybody else to know about what you've done. And um, that right there is the lie. And uh, the Lord will always make sure that he doesn't do anything and just get one output of it. So everything he does, there are multiple outputs, uh, multiple outcomes. So he's uh, He's going to make sure he's going to get as much mileage out of any sacrifice, even that you make uh, to, to save and to redeem others.
1: Mm mm-hmm yeah i
2: love
1: that um so like you were just quoting from from four there and just kind of transition it into five um yeah. what you said for a man to lay down his all his character and reputation his honor and applause his good name among men his houses his lands his brothers and sisters his wife and children and even his own life also counting all things but filth and dross for the excellency of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. all That that requires more than mere belief <laughs> or a supposition that he's doing the will of God. Like that doesn't just happen, but actual knowledge realizing that when these sufferings are ended, he will enter into eternal rest and be a partaker of the glory of God. I mean, that that is a huge verse there in understanding just, kind of like what's required of us but yet that could also be daunting like when i read this as as a missionary i was like holy cow well i probably won't have to do any of that (laughs) because um i don't know i'm not going to be like one of the prophets or one of the martyrs or anything like that but um good for them
0: (laughs) you didn't realize you were going to live into the tribulations did you (laughs) yeah
1: like we're, it's coming, folks. <laughs> we've got huge missions to perform here in in this life, and it does require sacrifice in order to get the knowledge and the faith required to have extra heavenly power and help to do everything that's required. Like, man, the plan is—it's so perfect, yet it's kind of daunting sometimes when you're learning it, <laughs> and then. Um, It gives such hope and such faith uh, upon finally realizing it and and incorporating it into your life. It's quite an amazing thing. I've just loved going through the lectures and seeing the love of God and his hand throughout the, the plan that he's got for us. Um, you know, lecture six actually has some of like the most quotable things here, right? Um, <coughs> uh, verse oh, seven. Verse seven. <laughs> yeah. Let us here observe that a religion that does not require the sacrifice of all things never has power sufficient to produce the faith necessary unto life and salvation. I mean that I, I've heard that quote quite a few times, but it, um, I hadn't put it together that it was from lectures, but how fitting that is in in this context and and things like man
2: um what was the other one i used to jokingly say that uh, when i first heard that i looked at my kids and i said well i'll be the first to sacrifice my children for the cause
1: (laughs) our poor sons that one's not hard at all let me do that that's an easy sacrifice i
0: don't know they're uh, they're pretty (laughs) awesome our sons are
1: (laughs) i can't find the other one that i was anyway there's like two or three in in here that are like super quoted Uh, um let's see
0: well going along with what you had in seven if you look at the beginning of ten right those then who make the sacrifice will have the testimony that their course is pleasing in the sight of God. And those who have this testimony will have faith to lay hold on eternal life and will be enabled through faith to endure unto the end and receive the crown that is laid up for them that love the appearing of our Lord Jesus Christ. So just like there is no um, you know, faith cometh before you know, the miracle, faith precedes the miracle, you have to make the sacrifice right? To have the testimony that our course is pleasing to God. So once we make that sacrifice for him, then we will know that we're doing the right thing. And once we have that testimony, that will enable us to have enough faith to lay hold on eternal life through that faith and endure whatever we have to endure. So we have to do the sacrifice Uh 1st and then we'll get the testimony and then we'll know, yeah, I'm on the right track.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Which is, you know, just kind of contrary to <laughs> all of our natural man tendencies, right? Like, no, show me what I'm going to get before I give a sacrifice of anything, right? Well,
0: and then you go or and look even... at verse 12 and, and you've got the next, the next step in verse 12, but those who have not made this sacrifice to God do not know that the course which they pursue is well-pleasing in his sight. For whatever may be their belief or their opinion, it is a matter of doubt and uncertainty in their mind. And where doubt and uncertainty is, their faith is not, nor can it be, right? And for doubt and faith do not exist in the same person at the same time. So, you know, there we have that, you know, doubt and faith it's like fear and faith you can't have the two of them at the same time you have to have one or the you know one or the other Mm -hmm. so if you make the sacrifice you're gonna know if you don't make the sacrifice you're not gonna know and then you're gonna be uncertain Mm
1: -hmm. yeah i love that yeah that was the other one that i was trying to find the doubt and faith uh Mm -hmm. light and dark can't exist in the same place doubt and faith can't either very persons
0: whose minds are under doubts and fears cannot have unshaken confidence Mm
3: -hmm.
0: that's what we need we have to have that unshaken confidence and in the world today there are so many people throwing all sorts of things that should make you doubt or to make you fear or you make you you know the the news is trying to make you fear right but there are so many people that are trying to make you doubt something that you thought you knew about the church and trying to get you to pull away you know because they're this argument or that argument or whatever and they're trying to make you doubt
3: Mm -hmm. trying
0: to make you wonder have i wasted all this time have i have i done the wrong thing right you know and the adversary is going to build on that and and poke, 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 poke. Why do you think so many people are leaving? Because they haven't made the sacrifice. They don't have the sure knowledge. And so when these things come along, they don't know that they're on the right path.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like, isn't that what like all invitations from our, our leaders are, are for? Like, hey, I we know you're all busy, but if you'll make this sacrifice, these are the blessings that can flow from it. Like please just start learning how to make sacrifices and, and grow in that, that process there. Um, I was looking for the word extremities but I finally found it. <laughs> um, it's amazing what a word search can do, right? <laughs> the technology, technology, um, but, uh, like it was, um, saying down here, uh, later on that, Um, we're going to have to go through a lot giving up our all and those that submit themselves to be guided and directed by his will they'll be driven to such extremities that nothing short of that actual knowledge of their being the favorites of heaven and of their having embraced that order of things which god has established will enable them to exercise that confidence Um, that was the, the word that was keying me in that you were sharing just a second ago. Um, but such extremities, because sometimes that can be a little daunting, right? Like (laughs) I, I can go so far, but we will be guided and directed and driven to such extremities that we will have to have an actual knowledge in order to endure to the end. Uh, endure to the end means so much more throughout lecture six than um, just, eh, I just biding my time, like I, I've received my ordinances and just kind of coasting. Um, we need to be doing things and um, the extremities that will come require an actual knowledge. Uh, I found that so very if you, powerful.
0: If you look up, look up extremities in the 1828 dictionary, I know you have
3: it there somewhere. And look at that, look at those definitions.
0: The utmost, right? The utmost part, the highest or furthest degree as in the extremity of pain or suffering, extreme or utmost distress, straits or difficulties, the utmost rigor or violence, the most aggravated state. This is where we're headed.
3: Uh-huh.
0: This is not, this is not for the fate of heart. You know, and it, it brings back to me that quote from Neil A. Maxwell.
3: Um, ah, give me a second, I've got to bring this up again.
0: There it is. Though we have rightly applauded our ancestors for their spiritual achievements, and do not and must not discount them now, those of us who prevailed today will have done no small thing. The special spirits who have been reserved to live in this time of challenges and who overcome will one day be praised for their stamina by those who pulled hand
3: hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm.
1: I have
3: not heard that. that.
1: In a general conference, or where was that given? That's interesting.
0: Oh, I have uh, Neil. It's it, right now. It's in my effort I don't yeah. know. Let me find it. I'll it. find it. Give you guys a link.
3: Yeah,
4: <clears have throat> I've not heard that one.
0: Yeah. Oh yes, it is an amazing um, small, small thing. Um
1: yeah A. Yeah. maxwell was was he gone like when did he pass away
0: 2000
1: huh. i don't know why <laughs> i just wasn't paying attention to apostles back then i guess but it so the I link... it
0: this quote i have is on goodreads
3: um i'm not sure where it was said let me see if i can find it again it
0: says notwithstanding my weakness pages 17 to 18 okay so i it, is that a book of his notwithstanding my weakness
1: i don't know i'm typing it in the chat so that i can go through and try to find that later withstanding my
0: notwithstanding my weakness pages 17 to 18 i I saw the exact same quote on a on a picture it has it there Mm
1: -hmm. um yeah that's an excellent one i'm gonna have to like study that one out he had such a way with words that are amazing yeah Uh, right so, notwithstanding my weakness, seems to be a talk from 1976 General Conference, October. Um, so it's probably the General Conference report, pages 17 and
3: 18. Okay. Let me see if I can find it. You said what? What year? Seventy-six. Uh-huh. October
1: 1976. Mm-hmm. What are some words of that again? Like, how does it start out? <laughs> if you don't have it up, that's um, fine.
0: Though, though we have rightly applauded our ancestors, I did the, I did Neil A. Maxwell, no small thing, and and it'll come up.
2: Um. Not staying my well, Friday, the Friday morning session of conference.
0: Friday morning session is when he gave that yep. talk.
1: I'm not. I'm looking for of the
0: quote in there. I'm, I'm looking for the quote in there. It may be another one of those things where everybody quotes and says this is where it came from.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: <clears throat> Trying to find anything
3: on a church website is ridiculous. Yeah. <laughs>
1: but it's been interesting as i've been going through um just all these different studies this week whether it's topical guide whether it's lectures on faith whether it's isaiah whatever um i was looking for oh i think i actually still might have it up but i found this interesting um Okay, sorry. <laughs> I need to finish my sentences before my brain goes out there. <laughs> but um, I've been using concordances a lot in my my word searches and stuff, you know, with Greek and Hebrew and whatever. But um, I was looking at lectures and thinking, oh, man, I really wish there was a concordance for the Doctrine and Covenants. And I found that John A. Woodstow actually did one. And um, let me get the link to it. It's kind of rough to read online, but... At least it
3: somewhat does the trick.
1: But anyway, it, it's really handy. I was doing um, concordances with it. So it, it was written in 1906, which is before the lectures on faith were decanonized. But I haven't yet dove deep enough into it to see if the concordance incorporates lectures or not. But anyway, if you go to that link, um, under the viewability section there, um, you click on one of the full views, and uh, it'll pull up the, the scan of it, and you can search it and all that kind of stuff. Where is this? Um, a concordance for the Doctrine and Covenants. So basically, like every time that this word is used in this way, here's all of the references for it kind of a thing. Um, you know, like Strong's Concordance for Hebrew, uh, it assigns mm-hmm. each word a number, and then every time that that word is used in that particular way throughout the, the scriptures kind of a thing. But um, anyway, I just one for the Doctrine and Covenants was very interesting that we do actually have one.
0: I didn't see that quote in the in the notwithstanding my weakness talk.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I couldn't find anything in in there. So it'll be interesting. I'll I'll keep looking for it because it's a powerful one.
0: <laughs> I hope it is not like that Spencer W Kimball quote.
1: Yeah, where that's it's not hanging out bunk. I mean, just well, totally just quoted.
0: Well, and I I know the source of the original
3: quote. Hmm. So um let's see. I wonder. And so
1: there was something else that I was gonna reference down in (laughs) twelve. Oh, it wasn't 12. It was the Psalms. Sorry. So in verse nine, I I found this very interesting where um, we're talking about Abel, the first martyr and how he obtained uh, a knowledge. And then going into Psalms 50, that our God shall come and shall not keep silence. A fire shall devour before him and it shall be very tempestuous round about him. He shall call to the heavens from above and to the earth that he may judge his people. Uh, I just find this very interesting right here. Gather my saints together unto me, those that have made a covenant unto me by sacrifice. Um, I, there's a lot of powerful things in Psalms that I'd never considered before. Yeah, <laughs> Come follow me this year and, and really diving into to Psalms in greater effort. Um, but, the explanation of it. Those then who make this sacrifice will have the testimony, and be able to, to exercise uh, that life unto, or exercise faith unto life and salvation. Um, but what when Christ comes, gather my saints together unto me. Those that have made a covenant unto me by sacrifice. I find that very powerful as it's pertaining to all of the the concepts that are being portrayed here in in lecture six.
0: I think a lot of times we have a tendency to look at sacrifice as, um, yeah, we, you know, we make a covenant to obey the law of sacrifice Mm
3: -hmm. in the
0: temple, but, you know, we don't, we don't do sacrifices that way anymore. And, you know, Christ fulfilled that. And, you know, so we kind of move on, we leave the law of sacrifice and move on to the law of the gospel. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and we miss so much because of that.
1: Yeah. Um, I was in a, a Sunday school class banging single adults and um, I was teaching the lesson and kind of like taking a look at the, the laws Uh, that we we learn about in the temple you know trying to do it from a a good perspective right and not dive into mysteries but um, I was like okay so here we have prophets saying here are the five laws and stuff and are we still under this law yes or no are we still under this law yes or no kind of going through them it's like amazing basically (laughs) what the consensus of our, our small little group was was uh, chastity is really the only one that we have to really pay attention to. consecration, that's a future thing. sacrifice that's a past thing, that's Old Testament. And I was just like, oh my gosh, like <laughs> all right, whatever <laughs> I didn't I don't have time to unpack all of that. but um uh, kind of their view that one of the the people described was that well, the endowment shows us the old laws. And then we actually move and transition into a new room where we receive new things and and we're currently just kind of in that that chastity state and we'll eventually get the consecration back in its fullness. But law of the gospel, law of sacrifice, law of the Lord, that that's old testament. Oh, very interesting. <laughs> I, I I guess you could see it that way, but um how law of sacrifice is well, all of god's laws are eternal in nature right i mean they're they're set up for us to progress and how we um do that is uh, lined out just so nicely here in um in lecture sixth let's see um l chatted me the quote
4: yeah i couldn't find a source i'm still trying to find where it came i just quoted him as oh. saying but not where it came from gotcha so yeah it's interesting that people don't think about sacrifice as something we have to do but if we're to become like christ christ sacrificed all for us why wouldn't we have to sacrifice all for him mm -hmm. you know really (laughs) and people don't like you said people just don't understand that even though they covenant to do that
3: (laughs) Mm
4: yeah el did you
0: share that with link with everybody or just
4: with cameron Uh, I thought I shared it with everybody, but maybe. Oh, I probably just shared it with Cameron because that's how it was set.
1: It's just what you had quoted. um, Mm. Okay, not a link to anything. Right, but yeah, it's amazing if you just type that in, like Google. Like nothing original comes up. It's just all of these like people quoting that and stuff.
4: Okay, you did it again. Okay. Hmm
1: yeah I, I it's gonna be my search this week. gotta find the actual.
0: We're all gonna be searching
3: <laughs> about... but,
1: yeah well anything else from um lecture six that stood out to you that you want to talk about um so we have two more weeks lecture six for for next week or seventh sorry for next week and then um there's that article on the decanonization that we'll study the week after that um and kind of the things that led into it and all of that history i guess But Mm -hmm. say i do for the night but yeah i'm I'm gonna be searching (laughs) that maxwell quote like whoever finds it
4: it says, "From notwithstanding my weakness," I found it in the new era. From I'll have to give you the link in just a second. It says page eighteen. So I'm wondering if he wrote a book by that title.
1: Uh huh. There could be.
4: I'll send you the link in just a second. It's yeah. Well, that's the new era. On. What was the name of the book? Uh, "Notwithstanding my weakness."
0: Notwithstanding my weakness, Neil A. Maxwell. It's probably a book. It is a
4: book. It is okay, a book. that—that's where it's from because it was quoted in this Ensign article, New Era article.
1: Yeah. Okay, so it is a talk and a book. That—that that makes sense. <laughs> I was barking up the wrong tree.
4: I should look. I have a bunch of Neil A. Maxwell books. I don't even know if I have that one. Mm-hmm.
3: There's
0: a Kindle edition. <clears throat> The Kindle edition costs more than the hardcover.
3: (laughs) What?
0: Published 2009. So I think he I think he died in 2010.
1: Neil Maxwell. um, So I'm on his Wikipedia page. He died in 2004. 2004
0: then why was this book published in 2009
1: i don't know um so the bibliography um on his wikipedia page says that notwithstanding my weakness was published in 1981 so his general conference talk was 76 the book came out in 81 and it must have been reprinted in 2009 okay
0: Now I need to go and look and see if it's on the Deseret Bookshelf app. Mm, Yeah. Because, you know, if it is, then I can listen to
3: it. Yes. That's what we end up
0: doing all the time here is sharing books.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Group B is my book club. I mean, my... What do I call that? I guess my library friends.
4: <laughs> I know, and I wasn't going to order anymore, and then Group A brought that one up, and I was like, oh, I have to order that now.
3: <laughs>
0: uh, which book? Which group did Group, which book did group A bring up?
4: It was called, what was it called? The, Les- the Foxes Martyrs? No, it's a study one for the Study on Christ. called
1: learn
0: of me
4: learn of me yeah
0: oh i already have that one cool one i don't have to buy
1: (laughs) i know right (laughs) as soon as somebody recommends something that i already have i'm like okay
3: (laughs) (laughs) okay
4: i'm running out of room stacking them on the floor (laughs) Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. I have stacks on my dresser and my nightstand, and I had a whole bunch of them stacked on the windowsill. Then we opened the window on the night before sprinklers were going to come on. I'm like, oh, I got to get them off, clear them off the
4: windowsill. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yep.
1: Yep. So I've had to pull all of my sprinklers off. It's been freezing here. Freezing. Busting my lines. Yeah. I popped two of my risers and it got all my tomatoes all my watermelon all my squash everything's gone
4: wow now, you had freezing temperatures there already wow
1: it wasn't forecasted I mean the 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 low for those it was three nights in a row the low was projected to be at like high 40s or like mid 40s but I woke up and things are frozen
0: oh my god yeah. it hasn't gotten below 50 here
1: <laughs> it's been crazy I don't know. And like days, like we're uh, there for three consecutive days. We were in the hundreds. And Mm. bam, froze. (laughs) I wasn't expecting it at all.
0: We had 11 days in a row where it was more than 100 degrees, but the last three have only been in the 90s. Mm. So it's been a little it's been a little crazy. It's such a, such a wild swing, right? You know, mm-hmm. I've got a, a, a 40 to 50 degree temperature swing every day and it's worse in the greenhouse.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I bet getting really wild and fluctuations there. All right. Well, um, Anyway, if there's nothing else, we'll go ahead and say goodnight. But yeah, lecture 7th for, I don't know why I keep saying lecture 6th, lecture 7th for, for next week. For next week.
0: Yeah. Yeehaw.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, have a great week and let me know any books or fun links <laughs> along <laughs> the way.
3: <laughs> All righty. <laughs> See ya. Thanks. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye.